Every time I scroll through social media, I see at least one story of a child doing something incredibly selfless and kind. Whether helping the homeless, mowing the lawn of the elderly, or helping a parent pay bills. It's all incredibly heartwarming, right? Children are often seen as being innocent bundles of joy, but through the course of history, that hasn't always exactly been the case. History has proven time and time again that some stories of children can be downright terrifying. Sometimes it is even speculated that children can bring death to any who encounter them. This is Shadows in History. I'm your host, Tiffany Taylor. Back in the 1600s and 1700s, a woman having a child out of wedlock was a big taboo. But this happened often, and a tragic trend began to emerge. Mothers were killing their own children in order to keep their reputation. But children born out of wedlock were not the only ones to be killed. Some parents were killing their own children also because they simply couldn't afford them. But that wasn't all. Some women would also exploit a medieval law that said that second wives could inherit their husband's property if all of his children had passed away. I will leave the rest to your imagination into what Mom Dearest did next. With the death of these children came stories of the innocent souls coming back with sinister intentions. They would come to be called Kindermorderen in Germany and the Radiant Boys in Northern England. These specters, while tragic, were only thought to bring a grim foretelling of death. There have been reports of these children appearing to reputable people in history and tragedy striking later. They are usually described as looking like glowing young boys, or more rarely, girls, who usually appear nude and are bathed in a luminous light that can be a variety of colors. The entities themselves are often indifferent to their surroundings, but cast off a rather unsettling atmosphere that typically leaves the witness in a state of shock. By far the most famous case of an apparent radiant boy occurred in September of 1803 at a place called Corby Castle in Cumbria, England, which was the ancestral home of the powerful Howard family. Here, a Reverend Henry of Redburg visited with his wife for the evening, and it would turn out to be quite an eventful evening, not the least in part because they were put up for the night in a room of the castle that was rather known for being quite haunted. The Reverend would stay in this room of foreboding, drifting off to sleep as a fire roared in the fireplace to keep the chill at bay, and would write of the events that followed in his journal saying, quote, Soon after we went to bed, we fell asleep. It might be between one and two in the morning when I awoke. 
I observed that the fire was totally extinguished. But although that was the case, and we had no light, I saw a glimmer in the center of the room, which suddenly increased to a bright flame. I looked out, apprehending that something had caught fire, when to my amazement I beheld a beautiful boy, clothed in white with bright locks resembling gold, standing by my bedside, in which position he remained some minutes, fixing his eyes upon me with a mild and benevolent expression. He then glided gently towards the side of the chimney, where it is obvious there was no possible egress, and he entirely disappeared. I found myself again in total darkness, and all remained quiet until the usual hour of rising. I declare this to be a true account of what I saw at Corby Castle, upon my word as a clergyman. The very next day, the reverend and his wife made a rather hasty departure from the castle, reportedly saying as they did so, quote, I am very sorry, but we must absolutely leave you this morning, End quote. Another more sinister case of a radiant boy was supposedly experienced by a Lord Castlereagh, who at the time had gone by the name of Captain Robert Smith in his younger days, and it was also thought to believe that this was the time when he had his brush with the paranormal. At the time, he was stationed in Ireland, and one day he had gone out hunting in the countryside when the weather turned rather foul. As soon as he realized that a storm was moving in, it also dawned on him that he had strayed so far out in his search for game that he no longer could find his way back. The story goes that he wandered about the wilderness before coming to a home sitting out there, where he requested shelter for the night. His room was a modest affair with scarcely any furniture and a small fireplace in the corner. He soon drifted off to sleep, but was pried from his world of dreams by a brilliant light that seemed to bathe the entire room. The book Fairy and Folk Tales of the Irish Peasantry by Butler Yeats says of this encounter, quote, he believed he had slept about a couple of hours when he awoke suddenly and was startled by such a vivid light in the room that he thought it on fire. But on turning to look at the grate, he saw the fire was out. Though it was from the chimney, the light proceeded. He sat up in bed trying to discover what it was when he perceived the form of a beautiful naked boy, surrounded by dazzling radiance. The boy looked at him earnestly, and then the vision faded, and all was dark. Captain Stewart, so far from supposing what he had seen to be of a spiritual nature, had no doubt that the host, or the visitors, had been trying to frighten him. Accordingly, he felt indignant at the liberty, and on the following morning, when he appeared at breakfast, he took care to evince his displeasure 
by the reserve of his demeanor, and by announcing his intention to depart immediately. The owner of the house would then admit that the room was hardly ever used, and that was because it was purportedly the ghost of a family ancestor who had been killed by his own mother lurking there, and that the fire had been meant to keep the malicious spirit away. It was also said that to see the boy was a bad omen, and that indeed the cursed room had been off-limit for years with it only open to him because so many other guests had been staying there at the same time. It was ominously said that whoever was to see the radiant boy would rise in power only to have it ripped away to leave a gaping wound, followed by a horrible death, which fit in quite well with the existing Radiant Boy legend as a whole. Indeed, this encounter would apparently live up to its reputation and bring with it some of the darker lore surrounding the appearance of Radiant Boys. And although he would become a prominent political figure in the following years, Stuart would suddenly see his fortunes dwindle and a great many tragedies would befall his family. First, his father died, which is how he took up the mantle of Lord Castlereagh. Second, Marquis of Londonderry and his older brother would also die in a boating accident. Then things would take a nosedive. His fortune dwindled spectacularly, and his health failed him, and his sanity began to slip over the brink of madness, forcing him to be confined to his country house, called North Cray Place. In the end, he would eat over the brink of the abyss of madness and he would take his own life in 1822 with a razor across his throat, fulfilling the grim prophecy that seeing the radiant boy would bring about a violent death. Yet another supposed radiant boy is said to haunt Chillingham Castle, a medieval castle in Chillingham, Northumberland, in the northern part of Northumberland, England. The castle was originally a monastery back in the 12th century, after which it went on to become a strategic location in medieval times, playing a big role in the battles between England and Scotland, and in later years an army barracks during World War II. Throughout it all, there have been the stories of the castle's radiant boy, who appears as a young, naked boy surrounded with a blue glow that terrorizes an area of the castle called the Pink Room. So, are these children that are seen really harbingers of death and misfortune? Or are they simply stories to be told by a fireside? Were the children really the ones whose mother had no other option but to dispose of them to keep their reputation? Whatever the case may be, while these stories are terrifying, 
they are even more so immensely tragic. My heart breaks for the children who lost their lives. And my heart also breaks for the mothers who felt they had no other option. So these stories will continue to live on because they are the ones that not only chill us to the core, but also touch us with indescribable sympathy. That is all for today's episode of Shadows in History. I'm your host, Tiffany Taylor. Follow the show on Facebook as well as YouTube. Until next time, sleep tight, little darklings. <laughs>